Hello there. You are listening to the Quarter to Three Movie Podcast for Ender's Game. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> My name is Tom Chick, and I am here to discuss Ender's Game. We're not going to spoil anything yet, in case you haven't seen it. Uh, but I'm here to discuss it with Christian Malinsky. No, I'm a third podcaster. I should never have been born. <laughs> and with our Ender's Game tagline, Kelly Wand. The CG's RL. It's kind of deep, considering. Yeah. Uh, I think Kelly It's Wand- like it's a cookbook, but acronyms. I, I think that Orson Scott Card would be proud. Oh, well, that's what I want. Very good, Kelly Wand. I think we'd get along fine. Oh, really? Because you don't want gay people to get married either? Just married to tons of women. Uh, Gay women are gay, too. Now, are we, by the way, by seeing Ender's Game, are we supporting Orson Scott Card's political agenda? I'm a little clear about that. I told the usher when I paid for my ticket I wanted to go only to Scientology. Is he a Scientologist? Oh, wait. I get, see, I fucked up. Then. Is he a Mormon or a Scientologist? He's a Mormon. Yeah, I, okay. got, I have to go back now. Kelly Warren, yeah. He's, the usher was obviously confused. That might have been white, so it throws me off. They're white. Maybe if you'd seen The Master and rolled out that reference, it would have played a <laughs> Hey! <laughs> I see what you did there. Like you. Yes, uh, it's podcast going on. Is it unfair, by the way, to bring this out when we see an adaptation of an, of an Orson Scott Card movie to, to, bring up, to bring up this issue? Is that unfair? Which one? Scientology? No, that he uh, that he's opposed to gay marriage. Uh, no, it's, uh, that ship has sailed. It's too late for him. Reading's too late for him. But that it's too late. the The wave is crested. He can not support it as much as he wants. Oh, oh meaning like the like the other side has won. Is what yeah, we, we've won. It's too late. Good luck. I kind of feel. I still kind of feel like just continuing to kick him so he doesn't get back up again, which is one of the lessons we learned. Ah, that's right. Because we not only want to win for gay marriage, but for all other marriage in the future. For insect, gay insect marriage. Now you guys are being weird. So let's talk about a movie. (laughs) Now you guys are being weird. (laughs) Sorry to get weird. Sorry to make it weird. Sorry to make it weird. Tom. (laughs) What did we we see this week that, in fact, did not have anything to do with gay marriage, as near as I could tell? It had everything. You weren't, you weren't listening. I look forward to, to you unpacking that for us shortly, Kelly Wand. Hmm. <laughs> Can't wait for you to unpack. Um. Um, this, this week we saw Ender's Game, mm. a 2013 American science fiction action-adventure adaptation movie about a kid who is the one. It was written and directed by Gavin Hood based on the novel of the same name by Orson Scott Card. The novel Gavin Hood? Yeah. That's interesting. (laughs) That's why he got the gig. It was probably unrelated. It was probably just merit. I think he just had... He novelized himself. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Sorry, dude. Does Gavin have a hood? Uh, It stars Haley Steinfeld, Mm. Abigail Breslin, Mm. Asa Butterfield, Uh, And Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Wait a minute, no. It it would have been, they they should be so lucky. I believe mm-hmm. Dwayne Johnson was in this movie. We'll get into that in a moment. You go on, Dingus. Orson Scott Card wouldn't hire him because he's a Muslim. <laughs> Wait a minute, what? He's not. He's That's a Mormon. True. He's he's. I'll tell you. I'll tell you guys one thing. He Dwayne. is more. Dwayne Johnson is more Maori than Ben Kingsley was in this movie. I'll tell you that much. More Maori. Then who? 
Ben Kingsley? Yeah, wasn't he supposed to be... Uh, isn't Dwayne Johnson part uh, one of those... Gay <laughs> no, he's gay. I mean, blood. Gay Ori. Okay, okay. Now that's weird. Yeah, that's too weird. Back to what Dingus was saying. But. All right, go ahead. We'll get into the whole uh, Dwayne yeah. Johnson thing in a moment, because I, I think we need to... I, some folks might, listening to the podcast might not know what you guys are talking about, and I feel it's important to let, make pace again. So go ahead, Dingus, and I'll, I'll jump in in a second. Ender's Game is rated PG-13 mm. for uh. some violence. <laughs> well, Art, Maori. Some violence. Comma. Sci-fi oh. action. Oh. And always thirteen. Thematic material. Oh, that one's such a punt. And Samoan. That's, I'm sorry, I screwed it up. Dwayne Johnson is Samoan. I take back what I was uh-huh. saying about how you type stuff. So he's not, he's it not, has AO in it, so I see where you got confused. He's not fat. The brother's Samoan. Come on. Uh, Kelly Wan, name a famous Samoan lawyer. Uh, that Easter Island uh, head. Oh, I mean Ben Affleck. Isn't uh, isn't the Hunter Thompson's imaginary sidekick, I forget what he calls him, his lawyer sidekick, isn't he Samoan? Isn't Peter Boyle or Benicio Del Toro? It's the character that Benicio Del Toro plays. It's in, it's a fixture in Hunter Thompson's stories. Isn't he a Samoan lawyer? Isn't that the... No? no. Uh, I don't think he's an actual lawyer. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I'm sorry. So, Dingus, uh, yeah, so uh, thematic... Uh, what was the last one? Thematic. You're saying that's the most famous Samoan character. Samoan lawyer. Yeah. Outside of Sherlock Holmes. Uh what? He's not Samoan. Oh, sorry. Are Samoan? Uh, let's see. So if we look at uh, how well it did at the box office, uh, Ender's Game, number one movie in America oh, for this God. one. Against what? That's the real question. Against uh, Gravity and oh. uh, Free Birds, which Dingus's son saw. We'll have a brief report about that in a moment. Um, actually, let's get to that now. Dingus, your son saw an animated movie called Free Bird. Free Birds? Free Bird. It's, it's multiple birds, birds right? Free, Free birds. birds. All right. Uh, how was that movie, Dingus? Uh, apparently, it was great, but every movie he sees is great. Uh, it's about uh, turkeys who are tasked with time traveling back to the first Thanksgiving in order to keep turkeys from being involved in Thanksgiving. Oh. oh that sounds kind of good. It sounds kind of like Memento. Yeah. <laughs> the Terminator. Um. <laughs> Memento colon the Terminator. Uh, The problem is there were no turkeys at the first Thanksgiving, so I don't know what... Hence there are no utensils at Medieval. (laughs) Very good, but we have Diet Pepsi. Wait, Uh, is it true that there were no turkeys at the first Thanksgiving, Dingus? It was like oysters and corn. It was gross. (laughs) Wait, what? I have never learned so much history from Dingus. Oysters and corn? Yeah, that would have been an interesting time. There, there was like too. there was stuff they would have in the Chesapeake, Chesapeake Bay or in Massachusetts. I mean, they wouldn't have turkeys. They would have uh, shellfish. Hmm. So, Dingus, I'm not necessarily disputing what you're saying, but I can tell you this: in the game Age of Empires three, when you boot up this special Thanksgiving map that they. That, that you can download. That's where I got all my history. That your your starting food source is a bunch of turkeys. Huh. And I, I'm just saying those guys mostly know their history. So I just, if you're interested in a second opinion, Age of Empires three has one as to whether or not there were turkeys there. That's so. a good point. And Ben Franklin would probably uh, take umbrage with what I just said. Except that he was busy inventing electricity. So. Oops. 
Giants use cups of poison as resources. So let's see. That's a spoiler for the movie, Kelly Wong. So before we get into spoilers, let me also tell you that in addition to being the number one movie in America, it actually didn't do that well, considering that it's a uh, Harrison Ford vehicle. Um, Is it, though? Um, they're playing. I know up. you want to. Well, that's true. well when they're marketing this, like every line he has in the movies in that trailer, and nobody's going to know who what this movie is. Certainly, nobody knows who Asa Butterfield is. Uh, nobody knows Orson Scott Card, at least as far as like, has, have other Orson Scott Card novels been adapted into big movies? Kelly Wand? No, and there won't be any more after there. Okay. Are there are there any others that, that he wrote? Aren't there well, just are this and then everything that came after where it's like <clears throat> genocide averted? Dun, dun, dun. I mean, is there any other Orson Scott card novels? I, Robot, that's Orson Scott card. No. <laughs> Seventh Son? I don't fucking know. Well, at any rate, uh, yeah, so I do think this is, is being marketed as a Harrison Ford vehicle, and it didn't really serve it well. It opened way below what uh, you might compare it to, say, Oblivion. From earlier this year, it opened way below what that made. Uh, you know, twenty-eight million dollars is nothing to sneeze at, but I think they had higher hopes for it. But it's like After Earth because it's about a kid. It opened right at about the same levels After Earth. I've heard oh, but hmm. uh, and it's after, the same movie basically. Um, or is it? We'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, if we look at the critical reception on Metacritic, which is the average rating from various reviews, uh, Ender's Game is at fifty-one. Hey. So it, this thing's been in development for a decade. Interesting. Has been. Oh, I so I saw that dude at a pan on a panel at UCLA, like the book festival, like a decade ago. And what dude? Orson Scott Card? Yeah, and he's like, it's not going to be Haley Joel Osment because he's going to be too old by the time we do it. It's like that was it was that's how long ago. <laughs> right. We're looking we're looking at embryos right now. Right, that's what he said. Uh, The thing is, he probably has nothing to do with whether or not it's going to get made into a movie. Although I I think he did have a producer. Yeah, yeah, but anything to do with it? No, but no, he wrote the stupid book, and then it it all had to do with whether or not studios wanted to make it. For whatever reason, they eventually did. But you can't ever trust what an author or an actor says about a movie getting made, unless the actor is, say, Brad Pitt or someone. But when you have some author talking about his novel, you know, Anne Rice talking about her books, or even J.K. Rowling, they have almost nothing to do with these getting made into movies. Um, You just write them a check, and then it just gets fed into the Hollywood, the studio system, and maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. Uh, In this case, it eventually happened. That's usually true. So let's see. So uh, Metacritic, it's 51. Rotten Tomatoes. Now, here's the percentage of reviews that are overall positive. Of all the reviews written of Ender's Game, 62% of them were positive. Hey. Yeah. What's that delivery mean? Like, oh. Uh, That's actually a little surprising to me. I I kind of feel the way that I do about horror movies. Like most people, I think most mainstream reviewers don't really know what to do with a horror movie. So as long as the film doesn't break, they're kind of like, yeah, it was fine. Uh, I think it's kind of like science science fiction is similar. As long as it breaks, they go. Right. Now, if the theater had exploded, <laughs> they might have given it, you know, a 40%. But the theater didn't blow up. Nobody choked on their popcorn. Right. Uh, nobody was blinded by images on the Check screen. Check those box off. So, so yeah. Uh, if it yeah. bends, it's funny. If it breaks, it's not. Uh, so I, Wait, I think science fiction's like horror, you're saying? I, I just think there are enough people that if they see something that is not 
obviously grossly inept to them, although I think that's arguable here, they're just going to say, yeah, it's fine. It's a good popcorn movie. It's fun for the family. Take the kids. I think no, that's, there's that's not what, enough fireworks in it. I mean, is there yeah, I think fireworks? that's – well, the thing is, how could you account for 62% of the reviews being popcorn? I can't. It's got to be wrong. The no, it's genre. It's a, it's a little it's – a, it's a genre shrug, we'll call it. It's the critical shrug that, that's, that people give when they don't really understand or know a genre, and they're not comfortable saying, oh, it's crap. Most critics are idiots. That I like when I read their reviews, I go, oh, they're just trying to find little puns and shit. It's not like us. We're way, we're way above that. No, let's we let's get into how we feel. <coughs> First, before we do, I'm going to warn everyone listening to the podcast now. If you haven't seen Ender's Game, Kelly Wand here is about to spoil it by giving us an Ender's Gamopsis. Wrong. No, it's Fail. Dead gummit. Orson Scott Card would be turning his grave. You at least appreciate how I went into that with conviction. Is it in Ender's Gapsis? Good, Dingus. See, Tom. Maybe we'll have Dingus do the lead into the synopsis then. Uh, Passive aggressive. He's not. (laughs) See, he's like the bean of our squad. (laughs) Can can we talk about the uh, Dwayne Johnson thing real quick, or should we hold? Let's hold that thought. You mean talk about it? I just want I, I need to I just need to establish what's going on because I, I predict a lot of Dwayne Johnson jokes on this podcast and I just want listeners to be prepared and to understand what they're all about. I want to bet a hundred dollars that a female listener picked Legends of the Fall for the three by three siblings. So Kelly Wan, hold that thought until after you hit Britney Spears. <laughs> I might forget to say that. <coughs> Excuse me. Still a little sick from six weeks ago. Understand. <sighs> there. You can edit that out, right? Yeah, yeah, we have the technology, sure. Enderscape sis. Some words are all, while squashing your enemies, be courteous and love them, even if they look like insects, unless they're socialist Muslims like Obama, obviously. Orson Scott Card, Ender's Game, theme song of Chapter 3. <clears throat> Hi, I'm a voiceover by Harrison Ford. Dwayne Johnson turned this role down because he was concerned about being typecast as an admiral. I think I'm an admiral in this, although I never give any orders in my specialties watching kids play video games. In my last profitable science fiction film, Revenge of the Jedis, my black friend Lando Calrissian was promoted to general for his skill at freezing me and saying things into his watch. Also in that movie, to make the best use of my legendary piloting skills, I was assigned a land mission, which I botched by stepping on a twig. (laughs) That scene took me so many takes to get right, it wound up being the most expensive shot in the trilogy. I also improvised the part where the stormtrooper punched me in the face, although he didn't. But back to exposition about this film that some of you are still watching. It's based on a book whose Hugo-winning premise is that bug-eyed aliens invade Earth. (laughs) Hugo, get it? Ah, Dingus. I mean, to counterattack, we invented interstellar travel and defeated them by Ben Kingsley using an ejector seat. Although to make the kids cheer, we only showed them footage of him blowing up and not winning anything. (laughs) But now I guess we're losing again, or invading. Humanity's most plausible hope is kids raised not just on video games, but on science fiction novels about video games that were written after Dream Park. I mean, we... Planet Earth Space Navy, or penis, live by... (laughs) (laughs) It's Harrison Ford. (laughs) 
<laughs> we accept only the best of the best of the best of all we have, kid-wise. And now to introduce our hero. <laughs> <laughs> Sit together, brother. Fucking chick. Roll fucking fart on your face another 12 times. Uh, being younger than you is a sign of inferiority. Just because I got accepted to laser tag you doesn't make me awesome. You watched out because you rule, and your farts also. Keep going, bitch. Come on. Uh, you're neat. You're interesting. Uh, whatever the third thing was. Don't you forget it. What the? Harrison Ford in our bathroom? How long have you been standing there watching us? At Eastfield, private. Ender, you're to report for duty on a spaceship at some point with my other privates. Any questions? No, Ford, please, sir. Something funny to you about my privates, cadet? <laughs> Dang, this is dog. <laughs> like that. Something funny to you about my privates, cadet? Yes, sir. But I was actually laughing at your phrase, some point, since there's no such thing as time and space, or sound, or gravity. I saw a movie called one of those recently. I think it was about a girl with telekinesis. Sir! A black chick flushes the toilet and emerges from the bathroom, writing stuff on a clipboard. Harrison Ford turns to her and goes, let's see how he deals with his brother farting on his bird. <laughs> it's so hard to be Harrison Ford. He really is a talented actor. Now that I, I see that now. <clears throat> let's see how he deals with his brother farting on him again for a bit. She nods and writes as the farting resumes, slowly melting her clipboard pen and face. <clears throat> Yeah, we're leaving home forever to die in space. Party! Excuse me, seatmate. You seem devoid of ethnicity and personality traits. My name is Ender. Put her there. Ender's <laughs> a girl's name. What's your last name? Brothers Farts? Potter. I mean, Everdeen. I mean, Wigan. <laughs> you be Wigan, all right. Fives. I got a name that's got nothing funny about it. Bean. Hey, look, Hermione just puked CG. Something compelling about CG to you, Bean? Ford, sir, no! Uh, sir, if I may, it's funny because there's no CG in space. That's right. Vomit's hilarious, people. And the only one of you with any dialogue is Cadet Ender here. <laughs> now let's see how he does if they're all farting on him. Later. Haha, Ender got the cop by the dumbwaiter. Harrison, get in here. We got a code five. Uh, I like dumbwaiters. You don't have to tip them as much. Oh, look, used condoms in my mildewy sheets, my favorite. Uh, Mumblecore, uh, smartest thing I've ever heard. Mm. Harrison, according to these readings, his leadership skills just made my graph paper combust. Let's see how he deals with a ninth mentor character. Kingsley? Does this look like a third act to you? A tin hut! Oh, I'm Staff Sergeant Dump. Well, I guess I'm a character from the book. Drop and give me oity. But first... He kicks Ender in the junk and backflips him. The enemy doesn't play by the rules. True, you'll be moving your hands around to sign in intricate mathematical maneuvers against insects and spaceships. But you never know. Bat clips. We, they play by the rules. We go back and forth. That was me point. Hi, I'm the only girl character besides your sister. Looks like we'll be sharing a bunk. Uh, yeah, hey, read up a little on Mormons. Thought there'd be at least a couple more of you. Hmm, couple. Okay, look, honey, I'm 11, all right? I only like games where our pajamas don't touch. Just so scoot that shit back and watch me play with my unit. <laughs> Didn't think it was going to go there, did you? God, this is my favorite video game ever. It's called Guess Which Cup's Not... <laughs> so far, I'm 0 for 9 million, but I'm a good feeling about the left one. Can I try? 
you're a girl. You guys don't even like poison. But go ahead, knock yourself out. Harrison, Ender just ignored both poison cups and crawled into the giant's brain by going up his nose and tapping triangle. <laughs> I fucked that up. Pretend that didn't that didn't happen and shoot. Harrison, Ender just ignored both poison cups and crawled in the giant's nostril by tapping triangle. No one's ever used triangle before. Let's see how he handles a shower with that snotty New Yorker kid half his size. I had such a good feeling about last week. Okay, but according to these readings, the New Yorker kid's size is slightly below the middle of the charts. You think you're the shit, Ender? Well, guess what, buddy? You ain't. Name's Pipsqueak, pal. And before this shower's over, you're going to be screaming it. Whoa, my clavicle. <laughs> I become a monster, sir. A fuckwad slipped in the shower near me, and now dreams about my sister that go nowhere. Damn it! What's the point of being a fuckwad if there's no shower to trip in? Okay, thanks. I'm all better now. Hey, look, sand through a window. There's something you never. What the? Uh? <laughs> and it's called. <laughs> <back late. laughs> I'm Ben Kingsley's character. It's called the backflip. Soon you will learn to do it without my assistance, using your legs. But first, watch this top-secret movie clip of me looking at things. Huh. Oh, so their mothership controlled the rest, just like Phantom Menace. Wait, why was that a secret? Seems like kind of useful intel. What did we think happened again? I always just because it was over. You will understand nothing once you have learned the so-called secret of my tattoos. Well, Ender, we've done all we can to fuck with your head and sabotage your chances. Good luck today. And remember, it's just graduation, not life and death, so go ahead, fuck around, treat your asset super disposably, grab a booster hit. I think the girl character's my daughter. Party. <laughs> <laughs> hey, who are all those somber guys in admiral suits standing <laughs> like this is an RL boss level? Huh? Uh, you weren't supposed to see them. Wait, then you let me see them through the glass? Damn, you're so good at games. Good luck. <laughs> I haven't watched a child prodigy stare at small things on a screen with this expression since saving Bobby Fisher. <laughs> okay, I did it. Ha! Okay. <laughs> and just to be funny, I slung the earth into the sun there, too. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> so when's the real third act? Ben Kingsley takes off his mask. Oh, my brother. Wait, so is the laser tag even real? All the other kids take, take off masks, revealing they're all insects. What about my brother's farts? Harrison Ford takes off his mask to reveal a skull with a chin scar. My God, I can't believe it. This shit won a Hugo. Unlike the movie, Hugo, he flies down to the... See, Dingus? See what you did? I apologize. He flies down to the burned-out cinder of world, which is cooled off by now, and goes into a cave. A giant bug queen comes over and hands him a bag of eggs. Ender's all. So much for post-credit Easter ones, huh? Can you at least explain my sister in the dream thing? Her mandibles click for a minute and a half. Subtitle. Uh. Ender gets in a ship and goes, I guess this is my voiceover. So they made me an admiral, and despite it being a huge security breach, they let me take the eggs. I think I have unlimited fuel. Now let's see if I'm as awesome at finding a place to lay eggs during peacetime as I was at being fooled during war. That's like a gun. Kelly Watt, could you write some slash fic for us where Ender and the Queen Egg run into a Numi Rapace and Michael Fassbender's head? <laughs> you just work on that like as a script we could pitch it already exists it's called speaker for the dead it also went to hugo next year 
You play a poker game where they put those SFWA, kind of like uh, Rotten Tomatoes critics. It doesn't shit in your face, gets Hugo. Ah, take that, smart writers. Uh, Dingus, you saw this with your father, who you uh-huh. said uh, watches is, is always open for some science fiction. Um, <laughs> tell us what your father thought of this before we all get into it ourselves. He's open to it. Uh, he thought it was uh, totally flat, and uh, he thought he was watching a video game instead of a movie. Ouch. Ooh, uh, boy, I'm going to have to take issue with him there. And he thought that there was so much acting in it that he couldn't stand it. <laughs> So much acting, so too much acting. He, he thought that the act. He thought that it was just so overacted that. Oh, it's G was, or by the. Oh, okay. No, by the people in it, the like people between like, the TGs. Because as as we walked out, um, one of the things that happened is uh, <laughs> my son's mother said um, that one of her very good friends revealed that she doesn't think Harrison Ford can act at all. Huh? Oh, is that, is that that wasn't a reference to me? Interesting. Was it Tom? No, that had nothing to do with you. This is completely independent. In fact, I hadn't even revealed the whole uh, controversy. Controversy. Uh, and my dad said, "Yeah, there was there was so much overacting in this. It was just so over overdone that I just couldn't believe any of it." It needed a Dwayne Johnson to underact. And and uh, it, he just said it was it was flat. He just didn't. It, none of it made any sense, and it was just like watching a video game. So before we get into it about our own opinions, let me just lay some groundwork here in case you haven't listened. Uh, I, I had a conversation with another movie buff where he said, "Who? where is today's Harrison Ford? You know, movies were so much different and better in the 80s and the 90s, and today there's no equivalent to Harrison Ford. And I disagreed with him, and I said, well, you know, what we knew about Harrison Ford then is not what we know about him now, so we can't really be sure who a Harrison Ford is of today. And we got into a conversation about who would today's Harrison Ford be. Um, and I'm not, I'm not saying Dwayne Johnson is what I would pick, but in the course of the conversation, I brought up Dwayne Johnson uh, and then said, well, he's not quite Harrison Ford because Dwayne Johnson can act. Harrison Ford, whatever you want to say about him, he's got an amazing presence. He's been just hugely successful, influential on all of our childhoods. I can't deny that. But as far as acting ability goes, I I made the case to my friend that Dwayne Johnson is a better actor than Harrison Ford and was ridiculed for that. So I have since brought Kelly and uh, Kelly Wand and Dingus around to that opinion. We on this this podcast, we on this podcast, if this movie didn't make the case for you guys, I don't know what your problem is. Uh, but I, I still feel that even though Harrison Ford is, is an amazing celebrity, uh, he doesn't have the sort of the talent and the level of commitment that Dwayne Johnson has in his movies <laughs> and the charm. Yeah. Uh, and that goes into what being a good actor, it, it, a lot of what being a good actor is about. So at any rate, I've, I've long maintained that Dwayne Johnson is a better actor than Harrison Ford. But this is Harrison Ford's Why Did I Get Married too. Did you say charm? I mean, I, I, I would freely admit that I'd rather date Dwayne Johnson than Harrison Ford. Okay. But, Charm has nothing to do with whether or not he's a good actor. Stop. Oh, I disagree. No, please. Charm is a huge element of being a good actor. Yeah, Wait, charm is an element, but it has... Charisma. How about charisma? A, okay, I'll charisma, use, fine. I think yeah. Harrison Ford is hugely charismatic. I do, too, but not as charismatic as, as Dwayne Johnson. No, I, mean, I totally disagree. want to see Dwayne Johnson shoot a swordsman, that's not as good. Uh, kick the guy's ass. It's not as I, I mean, there's, there's no way if I were at, like, a high school dance, Harrison Ford would even bother to ask you to dance. But Dwayne Johnson would ask everybody to dance. That All right, the data should maybe be sidelined for a little bit. <laughs> Let's just save that when we go back to... Every we talk about Carrie, you know. We'll, yes, we'll, exactly, Carrie. 
Dwayne Johnson would have made a great carry. Just- but at any rate, so I, I think here's a situation. Here's a situation where you see uh, Harrison Ford totally phoning it in. And I maintain you have never seen Dwayne Johnson do that. I have seen some awful Dwayne Johnson movies. I have seen almost the entirety of Tooth Fairy. He well, never earnestness has in. nothing to do with what yeah. he's a good actor. He's doesn't matter about it. It does. Of course and it does. Harrison Ford is just too. as good an actor as Dwayne Johnson. Here's the thing. Here, here's oh, the thing, Dingus. You will not see Dwayne Johnson doing in a movie what you see Harrison Ford doing. Well, in Dwayne Johnson movie. have been a better not in yet, you know, but maybe. No, no, absolutely. No, you're right. Who knows what it would be like? Who knows what it'll be like in the future? Maybe Harrison Ford will get an Academy Award for something. We don't know. He's already paid, but he's already made better. Like he's already won this battle. He's already in more movies. That but the battle is going on, Kelly Wan, because Harrison Ford movies are still coming out. Dwayne Johnson <laughs> movies are still coming out. When I go to a Harrison Ford it's movie, thing, I, when I go to a Harrison Ford movie, I shouldn't have to sit through what he did in Ender's Game. And Dwayne Johnson will not do that to me. He will not betray me that not way. Not yet, but give him 20 years. Maybe he will. Well, then when we talk about this in 20 years, there will be a new Dwayne Johnson along to take his place. But the current Dwayne Johnson is Dwayne Johnson. Asa Butterfield. <laughs> Uh, so at any rate, I, I think this is perfect fodder for this argument. Who's a better actor? Because well, well let's let do me, anything at it. Well, that's the thing. Is Harrison Ford? I mean, nobody is good in this. I, I think. I mean, and by the way, do we all agree that this thing is a huge clunker? Right? Oh, it's a steaming pile of crap. It's horrible. Yeah, I wouldn't even say steaming is way too active an adjective. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but, but but I do think that this. Uh, this is an example. Like, isn't Harrison Ford terrible in this? Or did you guys? He's barely in it. Like, there's so many other things going on to not like that. Harrison Ford's a minor footnote to me in the movie. Okay, fair enough. No, he's terrible. But I, I don't, I don't. I mean, when you open the movie with the guy going, "I think he's the one." I mean, that's like the opening line. I'm like, oh come on, really? Are we opening with the line that he's the one? Oh, Who's read the book, by the way? Kelly, I our source material expert. Yeah, there's a lot more about the sister, and she invents the internet or something. I can't remember. I don't remember it very well. I remember thinking people liked it a little much, like it's okay. But then, like the sequel's about kind of what it. What there's it a said. sequel. Yeah, called Speaker for the Dead, where he feels bad and goes on a on a. Then there's another one like about xenomorphic genocide or something. Yeah. yeah. And I read Seventh Son, Red Prophet, and I kind of liked those. So this was an origin story. Yeah, I mean that's how that's how the movie ends. It ends as if like yeah. it drifts through the core systems and fix everything. It's like ending Psycho. Like Anthony Perkins is like, I'm gonna go find out where Janet Lee put that money and return it to the bank. <laughs> Give me another Hugo Award, fuckers! All right, you win the podcast. Okay, can we just move on to the three? Well, my my as I was watching this, and and it it's just flat out awful. But as I was watching it, I I realized with increasing increasing dismay that I was in a kid's movie. This was yeah. totally this Mary Sue young adult storytelling bit and it, it was like like Hunger Games or something. It and is lamer, totally even. Hunger Games and it is lamer than I that. couldn't see what the action scenes were terrible. Terrible. There was no sense of scale or what the rules well, were. There's no was sense of stakes honor, because man. you're right. you're watching um you're just watching a bunch of simulations and then you realize it's all about a twist, and then you realize they've traded suspense for a twist, and the twist isn't even going to be worth anything. Right. There's, there's nothing – you you watch nothing that matters in this movie. There's not one thing but that matters. There was at least some lip service to tactics and Ender's thought process. Oh, and, or the, the way this movie treats tactics and strategy. Right. The, the biggest problem for me uh, – because I, once I was – 
resigned to watching some dippy kids movie. <clears throat> like I was thinking, okay, well, is there going to be some point? But the, for me, the biggest failing of this movie, and what I didn't understand, is why did they put him in charge? I never was clear on why this kid was put in charge of telling people when to press buttons. And it gets into what you're saying about tactics, Dingus. But I never understood the point. And maybe this is in the book or I wasn't paying attention during the crawl or the opening title card. But I never understood why this one kid – it was laughable to me when they announced he's going to be in charge of the invasion fleet. I, I didn't understand that. That made no sense to me. Well, because he won at laser tag, which means he's perfect for all the other things. <laughs> I mean, you're not. You're. Why did you put her in charge? What, yeah. what you're saying, Kelly Wand, is exactly what the movie kind of portrays. Why, why did all these other admiral dudes? Why isn't Harrison Ford telling people when to push the buttons? Right. Uh, why? I, and why are all the other kids such idiots? Like, if they're all the best, and he's the only competent one, isn't the whole navy kind of dumb? Because he's the perfect balance between compassion and violence. Oh, that came across. See, yeah, none of that. I mean, I guess that's what. what that's I, the idea. I mean, the movie doesn't right. have any idea how to ex, how to sort of expand that idea, that that theme of compassion and violence, and where where, where are you going to balance that? Uh, the movie has no idea how to deal with that. It has no idea how to treat him as an actual character who is violent and compassionate at the same time. It doesn't care about it. Well, I have a question, Dingus. Why does it matter that he's compassionate for him leading the invasion fleet? Because ultimately that was his undoing. Like his compassion yeah, they didn't stopped him stop and say, hey, why aren't they fighting? Well, we want to talk to him. It where matters did, for books two, it? three, and four, I'm sure. I mean, yeah. that's the idea. The idea is this is setting the table for a franchise, and they, and unfortunately <laughs> they forgot to put food on the table. Oh, did you hear that, Kelly? Oh. See? Dingus should be writing movie reviews. Big guns. <laughs> Big talk. Well, what I thought I was kind of watching, and it's where I don't – I, I kind of thought, and maybe this is, isn't part of what he was getting at in the book, but I thought there, there could have been some relevance here about child warriors in, a, in an age of technology and you know how children relate video gaming to warfare, how technology and entertainment detaches us from the consequences of our actions, particularly in warfare. Uh, and that, to me, seems like a, a relevant issue. It's something that I think the movie could have been about, but didn't. It, would al it was almost was. And, I think the and, there's, and there's something kind of timeless about that, too. This idea of what, what technology does to warfare, what ranged combat does to warfare, that goes all the way back to like the Battle of Agincourt, which the English one with longboats. This idea that you can kill people and never have to see them. Um, so I kind of was hoping, oh, maybe that's what it's going to get to be about. But So, so Kelly Wan, that's in the book? Uh, yeah, but the rich man's version is another book called Player of Games by this guy Ian Banks or Ian M. Banks. Okay, yeah, he died yeah. a few months ago. Did you ever read that that guy ever? Is it one of the culture books or it's something? Yeah, it's one of the culture books. Okay. It's kind of a lesser one. Wait, yeah, it is one of the culture books because it's but it's like this whole star system revolves around this game, and they and there's this guy who's like him, but he's like a grown up, and he's like the he's like this the great game player, and so they're gonna take him and put him in this culture so that he can become the ruler of it. Well, I don't like playing it. I don't read a lot of sci-fi, but I, I can imagine you guys, this is a touchstone for you as well. What it made me think of is The Last Starfighter. Um, yeah. yeah, but that was another that was another movie where I didn't really understand the game. Like the, I didn't understand the game either. I didn't in, get in the Last rules of the game. No, in this, in this oh. movie. The gates and the drifting through. They didn't make any of it clear. I didn't understand any of it. Like, why, why does the freezing pistol matter? I didn't understand any of that. Well, they, uh, yeah, it was... It was ultimately, I, I think this movie has a basic misunderstanding of the problem of dramatic irony when you're watching a movie. And that's, you know, 
it might be very nice to to have us have a twist at the end, but if I don't care about anything that leads up to the twist, then I don't care about the movie. So if you want to play a, a, a trick on your main character, fine. Let me in on it so I care. Otherwise, I don't care if I think I'm watching simulations all along, which, by the way, I figured out that's what was going on, and then I didn't care even more. Oh, my God. You got yeah. – I'm so oblivious in it. I didn't figure it out until the movie told me. I was sitting there thinking – these graphics are awful good for the simulation. What are they going to show for the real battle? Oh no, it was clear that, that not to me. I'm I'm the uh, I'm the slow one. <laughs> but 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 to me, it was like this 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 cascading level of failures for the movie because Gavin Hood, you don't understand how a movie works, and maybe this works in a novel, but I need to care about what the characters are doing, and if I think they're in training, I don't really care what's going on in training. And then if it turns out that oh, it wasn't really training, you. You might have tricked me, but I didn't care leading up to that, and I'm checking my watch. I mean, come on. You have to have an understanding of dramatic irony and, or something so that I have some idea of what's going on, th- that there's some stakes involved. I mean, this movie fails on every level as far as dramatics is concerned. <laughs> my my amusement is mainly from Dingus expecting dramatic irony from. I, my my amusement's like he opened it with Dear Gavin Hood and like, <laughs> like it was all directed to him specifically. Orson, back up! I want to talk to Gavin now. Dear Damn it. Gavin, who cast you failed in a cascade. Here's what you failed. Here's what's realized wrong he with cast it. himself as the giant who gets his eye jumped into by a mouse. So here, so Dingus, you think that your problem is with the movie not understanding dramatic irony. My problem, and it's kind of a pet problem for me because of it's what I do as a profession. The movie doesn't understand video gaming. Ah, I cannot stand because again, I thought I could be. I was maybe going to be watching this it's movie. For you. About, You're the target audience. I thought I would be watching this movie about how video gaming affects how we perceive war. You know, and and there's nothing in this movie even remotely like how video games are, how kids play video games, and they showed us that goofy cutscene with the mouse and the giant and the the fairy bug <laughs> thing and the castle collapsing and. That's nothing like any video game uh, or war that he's going to be involved in. Yeah, I'd off and go at a thirty percent angle. Oh, good luck. Well, they did that human centipede tactic, which I thought Kelly Wan might appreciate for uh, for pushing everyone for pushing their way to the gate. Is they sort of lined up in a human centipede formation and they sandwiched the the ball carrier or whatever he would be in the middle <laughs> there. Human centipede formation that Kelly Wan would appreciate. I thought you would like that. <laughs> That's Kelly what you were thinking while you watched that. Yeah, I was like, Haley oh. Steinfeld's a minor, sir. How dare you? <laughs> I don't think she I've was never been so disgusted in all my life. She wasn't in that formation. And aroused. Did you That's understand true. that battlefield game? Which well, one? The the giant one or the um. No, the the giant one. Laser tag. No, that's silly. That silly. The mind game. Lawnmower man game. The mind game. It's a mind game. He's found the mind. He's a mouse. No, the that's, mind. A mind, that's what mental acuity involves. The, the aliens somehow tap into because Viola Davis. Uh, no, I'm talking about the actual battle arena. Did you understand the rules of that? Not only did I understand the rules of that, I didn't understand once he gets sent to the ship. What are they learning? Why is that relevant? Uh, you know, why are they doing this physical laser tag thing when it's all about him doing the right. uh, I, the huge, overblown Minority Report iPad gesture stuff? Which, by the way, Dingus, I, I, I imagine you anticipate I'll be bringing this up. If you thought poor Chloe Moritz was bad doing her big old gestures, her telekinesis gestures, what did you think of Asa Butterfield's uh, Cerebro operation gesturing? I knew you were going to bring that up. 
Yep. There's no right I way could, to do I it. I could see her. I could see Set her doing that her. whole carry thing. I could see it. I was just gonna say, if you're if you're telekinetic and you're having a, a bloody episode of revenge, you still gotta use your hands when you're telekinetic. You're a fucking amateur. <laughs> uh, how did you guys? What did you think of the Mexican Hobbit? The, oh, he was menacing. Was that Deep Roy? Uh, Sergeant Dapp looks yeah, like there's he only ate, one of them. Uh, Sergeant Dapp looks like he ate Idris Elba. Yeah, he did. <laughs> uh, where do you know where we know him from? No, where do we know him from, Dingus? Kelly, do you know where we know him from? Uh, is it the guy from The Wire, Bunk? Who's on... He's wearing, like, a fat suit. Uh, this is uh, this is your welcome slaves. He's from... Um, oh, because <laughs> nobody remembers that from a Conan the Barbarian yeah, it's movie. Not, it's not so a nosy. <laughs> That's Dingus' name for Conan movie. <laughs> <laughs> but he's also in the gray. Um Ah. Oh, he's the guy. Uh, oh, he's. Oh, he dies in the gray. Is he the guy who has respiratory problems? Who has yeah. die in the gray. Oh, now I feel bad about making that gesture. I take that back about him looking uh, like Idris Elba. I feel bad what's, now. What's awful is that that payoff, the the salute payoff. That's your payoff. That's how you're going to sal- do the salute payoff. Really? That's what's awful? No. What's awful is that they make him do all that exposition about the oxygen tanks, and then nothing gets done with it. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait a minute. You made that, uh, yeah. that actor dialogue explaining about the oxygen tanks and wh- what? Nothing's going to get done, right? Which Fine. is that whole After Earth like oxygen pods thing. But but that that thing where he's like, I will never salute you. Yes, you will, Sergeant. And then it's like, there's going to be this dramatic, like a few good men, like, oh, da da da. And then it's just like a, a sort of a, an ancillary sort of, yeah, uh, will they follow me? I'll salute you now. Where did you come from? Why are you doing this payoff? This is your payoff? I mean, this movie just has no idea of any idea of what dramatic payoff is. It's, uh, so it doesn't understand dramatic irony or dramatic payoff. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Thank you for Does that. it understand dramatic product placement? Anyone notice what that space car was? No? It was an <laughs> Audi. Lexus who, oh, no, it was an Audi. Audi. It had an Audi logo. <laughs> Harrison Ford, he goes from driving one of the – what were the things called in Blade Runner? Uh, spinners. He goes from driving an awesome Sid Mead spinner in Blade Runner to this Audi space car. The poison looked like shamrock shakes, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> can, can I ask a question? Yes. Um, there's a moment where Harrison Ford is looking at this readout where it looks like the aliens are going to attack in 28 days. And he's just all concerned about that. Right. <laughs> And then months pass, and they're attacking the home planet. Were there months? There's yeah, they're attacking. <laughs> there were long enough for him to have his little, uh, I'm not going to re-enlist, raft interlude with Abigail Breslin. I don't know that it was months, though. Was it? That was very productive. But they, they say things like months and days and weeks, and they, they, there, there is no sense of time passage in this movie other than yeah. that kind There's of no thing. There's no time and space. But that 28 days thing is like, the, it's, it's as if the aliens are pressing toward Earth. Yeah, which means Ender's losing all those battles, and so they have they have to choose a command force that will beat off the attack, but that never happens. They just go to the homeworld instead. But it seems to me and that at that point in the story, it was that the aliens were going to attack in twenty eight days, and we have to be ready for that. But it did. That, it. Yeah, no, Dingusher, I, d- I don't think this movie understood uh, alien invasion either. I don't know how that's supposed to work. I'd right, have a quiz for you guys. I, I, are you guys ready to take the Ender's Game quiz? I'm going to jump in Tom's eye if they. So. 
just leave my nostril alone. <laughs> All right, there were several teams that were, changed. that were competing in uh, in in this movie. Uh, I'm going to give you one, two, three, four, five team names. I oh, want you good. to tell me which like team it. did not actually appear in in the movie Ender's Game. Like, okay, I'm very excited about okay. this. Okay, Team Panther, Team Rat, Team Salamander, Team Dragon, and Team Centipede. Which one of those is not actually in the movie? Centipede. Is that your answer, Dingus? Yeah. Nope. Team Centipede is listed on one of the readouts. There was no Team oh. Panther. There was a Team Rat, Salamander, Dragon, Centipede. There's a Team Leopard. Okay, hey, you know. ask me again. No, because you'll know the answer now, Kelly. Oh. That's not how quizzes work. Yeah, but uh, you, your delivery threw me off. <laughs> I think the second time, I think you wouldn't. Uh, there was a Team Panther. Centipede. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, no Team Panther. That would be too cool. Um, Give me another you, one. What do you guys think of Abigail Breslin? Was she the sister? Yeah, the sister. She's from, of course, Little Miss Sunshine. We saw the movie, I forget, where she's thrown into a trunk. What was that? Emergency Call. What was that movie? The Call. The Call. Oh, right. Yeah. The Family. Yeah. The Year. Of the- uh, what did you guys think of her? Um, I want to be her Valentine. <laughs> Very good. So Vincent Natale, who we know from Cube, and he's he did Splice um, recently. Mm. Uh, which that one. Did he? I guess you didn't like Splice, did you? No, it was bad. Yeah, Splice was awful. It was like it was like budget Cronenberg's world. Uh, he just did a movie called Haunters, which mm-hmm. is basically the others, but without the twist. Like you know from the beginning uh-huh. that, that you're watching the others, uh, and it's all Abigail Breslin. Like she's pretty much the entire movie. Um, and I was I was very ha- happy with her in this Vincent Natale movie. I didn't care for the movie, but I really liked her. So. Um, well, you're just talking about her performances in other movies because she doesn't do anything in this movie. No, well, nobody does anything in this movie. Although you can clearly see in this movie that poor little Asa Butterfield is a, way out of his element. I mean, the guy, is, we've talked about this before, but when a child actor is sort of expected to anchor a movie like this and show some range, and he's just, I just felt so bad for the poor kid. How did you um, feel about his opponent, the uh, the little kid, the guy, the guy didn't like him? The Mexican Hobbit? Yeah, the oh, Mexican yeah. Hobbit. Yeah, it was weird. So, people, so there were times in this movie where I, I was wondering if people's heads were stuck on CG bodies that didn't quite fit. <laughs> that was the case with, with Asa Butterfield, too. Like, he's such a scrawny little kid, and his head seems a little too big for his body, and uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, nobody fared. Even Haley Steinfeld. Oh, it was so sad. They did nothing with her. Yeah. Oh, it is a weird casting choice to choose that short little guy who's somewhat built to go against Asa Butterfield, who towers over him, but yeah. is scrawny. Yeah. I don't understand what the hell... They, I mean, they, this movie has such a <laughs> facile idea of what bullying is. Yeah, it's it doesn't so, understand basic weight. <laughs> the so physics of bullying, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Let alone space. <laughs> uh, can uh, someone tell me what Ben Kingsley's character's name was? Mazer <laughs> Rathbone. <laughs> I like that one way better. <laughs> no, that guy was. That has Don't to be somebody me, from from uh, Harry Potter. Mazer Rathbone has to be somebody. <laughs> I think it, it was something like Mean Sue Rackham or something. It was. It was. Mean, no, it, Rackham was, was his last it is. It is Mazer. It's Mazer. It is Mazer. Mazer Rackham. Wow. <laughs> Mazer Rackham. Totally going to use that name for my next World of Warcraft character. Let me write that I down. Fucking understood how to do shit. I thought when he was watching all that silly footage, when they had to watch it over and over again, which <laughs> I couldn't figure out. When I'm From the same angle, to too. <laughs> analyze the movie. I'm like, where's, who's giving me yeah! 
Some um, blew up. Yeah, we all remember where we were that time. <laughs> From Independence Day. Right. Uh, I just I figured he was going to figure out that all of this was a cover up and that none of that actually happened. Oh. Wait. Was, he, oh, but that's you have all these meaningful shots of him looking at that footage of Mazer Rackham's ship going up into the mothership or whatever the hell is going on, and there's no way to have that you know, be found footage, which is what we're supposed to be watching. Um, I thought that Ender was going to say, that never happened. You constructed all of this. And I thought it was going to be a whole, like, government sort of conspiracy to get us into war kind of thing, which it turned out to be, but it still was real Mazer Rackham footage. Um, but it's just horrible. It was like- Mazer Sharp. Yes, Tom? One, two, three, oh, no. Oh, no. Why did I wait for that to happen? Kelly, I want to live by the major, die by the major. <laughs> I gave you so many pearls, you wouldn't put the trigger, and then that. Uh, I guess okay, I guess that's beating at Ender's game. I guess I'm the New Yorker. My favorite part of the movie, and I consider this should have been the tagline. There's a point where uh, Asa Butterfield says something, and my my entire reaction was, "Yeah, you you tell him. That's how I feel." It's when he says, "What is this? Why are we watching these images?" <laughs> you would just have that on a loop for two hours. Yeah, yeah, it totally captured my. What was the answer uh, in the movie? Maybe there was something he missed. I don't remember. I don't think there was an answer. <laughs> oh, the answer was uh, news crawls to watch. The answer was, "I know a thoroughbred when I see one." Oh God. Ew, that's such a stupid fucking lie. God, why? Kelly Wand, Kelly Wand, uh, during free time, I could show you some moves. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's do a three by three. I'm tired of this stupid movie. Was it, okay, real quick, better or worse than After Earth? Dingus? Worse. Kelly Wand? Um... Well, one was about white people, and one was about black people. But they were pretty much otherwise exactly the same movie. <laughs> All right. I'm going to think it's worse. But I think a movie that, that thinks it's supposed to be about something, and maybe because it was a book at it. After Earth thought it was. Mm. Moby Dick, brah. I guess so. And both, they do watch footage of the movie, though. You know what? After Earth had one shot in it that we both liked. and What? No, it didn't. Yeah, it did. The part oh. where... No, no. I'll remind you. Okay. It's where he's touching his... Son, they're in the ship, and then he gets whipped away. And you know, oh, okay, uh, yeah. What would be the equivalent shot here? Harrison Ford's face. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, thoroughbreds. All right. Well, speaking of thoroughbreds, yes, in this movie that's as good as that. that there's not a shot. There's not a single. Well, what's awful about that in After Earth is it's a cheat. There's right. consequences right. of what we see. So I hate that shot because it, it seems to promise something that it doesn't deliver on. So I, I can't go with Kelly Wand on that. As opposed to Ender's Game, which promises nothing and delivers the goods. At least it's up front. Yeah. Mm. Uh, let's do a three by three. Uh, yeah. This three by three, these are your favorite siblings in movies. Brothers and sisters, brothers and brothers, sisters and sisters, twins, maybe, or not. Uh... And what did I take off the table? Did I take Star Wars off the table? Um, <laughs> Who, you mean C-3PO and R2-D2? <laughs> They're cousins, I thought. They're related. Uh-huh. Who are you just talking about? 
thought I took something off the table. But you forgot. did take something off the table. Now I can't remember. What well, hopefully no one will pick it. So uh, next week's three by three. Will oh, you uh, before the devil knows you're dead. All ah, right, right, yes. Oh. Now before uh, who's doing next week's three by three? I yeah. forgot to check. So Dingus, since you're doing next week's three by three, why don't you start us off with your number three pick for a favorite movie siblings? Maybe give us a quote. All right, here's a quote from it. I tell you this because as an artist, I think you'll understand. Sometimes when I'm driving in the road at night, I see the headlights <laughs> coming toward me fast. <laughs> That's I would I yeah if if I wasn't dating his sister, I would think he's a pretty cool sibling. Uh, this is one of my favorite siblings. This is Dwayne. Uh, That's Annie his Hall. name. Yeah, Dwayne. Dwayne. As in Dwayne, Johnson. Dwayne Hall. Uh, Annie Hall's weird. <laughs> and Crazy Brother, played by Christopher Walken in, um, I don't know if it's his first role, but it's one of his first roles. And it's just this weird, uh, it's really just a setup for a, a gag. Um, but it's it's this great moment because, you know, you, normally it's just a weird little silly Woody Allen gag, but he, but Christopher Walken does this great job of making this atmospheric and evocative little monologue about this crazy guy. And then the gag, of course, is that um, the parents don't want to drive uh, Annie Hall and Albie Singer to the airport because they're drinking. So they say, well, Dwayne will do it. And then we flash to, after Dwayne has revealed to Albie that uh, he dreams of uh, of just steering onto oncoming traffic when he's driving, he's then driving them to the airport. But I just, I love that sibling. It's just so weird. And Isn't it? My, mine, are all, mine are all pretty much weird. Isn't it an editing gag, though? Like, it's right after he does... The monologue that they cut to them in the car, or am I misremembering? No, that? no. There's there's a moment. There's there's a uh, Alvy goes. Okay, well I, I have to get back to the planet Earth, and then he goes, and then they're like, okay, uh, Annie has to get to the airport, and the father goes, I can't. I'm still drinking. Dwayne will do it. Yeah, let's get Dwayne to do it. And then okay. we uh, we cut to them all in the car, all in the front seat of the car. And, 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 the, and the shot starts, of course, of course, for walking and pans across to Annie Hall and then over to Aldi, who's who's like gripping the dashboard. Do you see much of their interaction as brother and sister, uh, Christopher Walken and Diane Keaton? I don't think so. I think it's okay. really just, it's it's barely a cameo, but I just, I love that brother. He's just so weird. And mine are really, I mean, I could, I, there are so many, I, I avoided sort of my, my normal standbys and I, you know, I, I avoided things like Wes Anderson, which there's, it's, there, mm. there's so much to mine there. And I went with just weird things. Does anyone in Midnight Run have a brother or sister, Dingus? They all, they're like brothers under the, <laughs> Kelly Wan, what is your number three pick for a favorite movie sibling? Well, I misunderstood the topic. I thought that the movie actors- siblings. Oh, the actors. <laughs> Frank Stallone. Yeah. <laughs> so, all mine are people who were related in real life. But John, like John the, Ford and Harrison Ford. Judy and Audrey Landers. But they were playing, um, like, you know, just people who just happen to look similar. The well, then what do you have for, for us, just even on your own take on the three? Okay, I'll do a list, I mean a line for my list. <laughs> Uh, okay, Eddie Albert, let's take this camper to Witch Mountain. They're not brother and sister in real life. Yeah, they are. They are? Well, they look similar. Who are those actors? By the way, I looked up Kelly Wan thinking of this. I want to hear about this. Well, tell me what this is first. We all know. It's the Witch Mountain uh, duology. And who are the the, the which, kids? Which movie? Just tell us which movie. Get it? Uh, there's Escape 
to which mountain because they're escaping to, not from, right? That's, yeah, that's where I always got tripped up. But they return from it, and then Tony gets brainwashed, and so it's like a telekinesis war. It's right, so it's two, it's a telekinetic brother and sister, right? Yeah. And uh, I missed, I was thinking of this and, and had to look it up. Uh, the two kids who were telekinetic in The Fury, it's an early Brian De Palma movie, are not brother and sister, correct? Amy Irving. And uh, Andrew Stevens from Cinemax. They are related, though. Not in the movie, they are? Yeah. They are brother and sister in The Fury. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. But these, in the, the Witch Mountain kids That's are... That's what I meant to pick, actually. The Fury? Yeah. I don't think they're brother and sister. <laughs> my I kids, got my telekinetic. telekinetic. My kid's uh, soccer game last year was named the Night Furies, which is an awesome name. Um, and this year, for some reason, the coach decided that they're going to change their name to The Fury. And uh, I, I replied all to that email saying, oh, great, is Amy Irving going to be the mascot? And I got no reply. Crickets, right. On Big the surprise. Jersey uh, did show the head exploding like that's the logo. For the isn't isn't <laughs> uh, Night Furies they can't use because isn't that one of the gangs in the Warriors? No, it's, the Walter Hill movie. Stop. No, no, I'm being. I am not it's, at it's all. It's uh, How to Train Your Dragon. That's what it was. The coach would turn them into. Oh, oh but seriously though, isn't one of the isn't the baseball gang, for instance, or one of the gangs, the <laughs> mime gang? There's a gang in the Warriors who I think is called the Night Furies. I could be mistaken about that. Uh, but I understand your your teams that teams is a reference to I, that uh, name is a reference to uh, How to Train Your Dragon, but How to Train Your Dragon clearly a nod to the Warriors. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. All right, so Kelly, on what escape to or from which mountain? I forget. Yes. Escaping to which mountain? Yeah, he's just he's just saying he's creating something called the Witch Mountain Duology. That's a thing that Dingus. I'm I'm not surprised that you wouldn't understand that. Kelly Wand and I do. Uh, who are that? Who are those actors? Uh, uh, Kelly Wand. Tony and Tia, right? And who's who's <laughs> Tia? Who, isn't that was some famous kid? Girl. Right, but wasn't that like Drew Barrymore? Or is this someone famous? Right? I'll get back to you. Okay. <laughs> My number three pick for uh, siblings, <laughs> um, and this is actually the mo- not the movie itself because the movie itself isn't. It, I like the movie, but it's just one moment that always stuck with me. And there are several moments like this in other movies that I'll, I'll mention later. But I just love this one little moment as. A piece of interaction between two actors who are playing, in this case, brothers. Uh, there's a there's a movie by a fellow named James Gray. His first movie was called Little Odessa. He's done a bunch of movies about Russian mafia in New York. That's kind of his bag. Um, he's actually got something that he just made called The Immigrant with Marianne Cotillard and Jeremy Renner that I don't think has a North American release yet, that I'm really looking forward to seeing. But his first movie was Little Odessa, and it's Tim Roth as, stop me if you've heard this before, Tim Roth playing a hitman. Oh. So Tim Roth is returning to this neighborhood Little Odessa in New York, to his Russian Jewish family. Um, uh, his, his mother's Vanessa Redgrave, his father's Maximilian Schell, and his little brother is Edward Furlong. Uh, and it's about him coming back to his family. He's there for a job, you know, as a hitman. And it's him dealing with restoring, you know, restoring ties to his family, plus dealing with the mafia there. Uh, and a lot of it has to do with Edward Furlong really looking up to his brother um, and idolizing him. And my favorite a moment that has always stuck with me is there's a shot of them just walking along, you know, the older brother and the younger brother. And it's just such an actor moment. Tim Roth reaches out and just pushes Edward Furlong, almost enough to make him fall over. But it's this its this lovely little affectionate big brother gesture. Um, and I, I, I guess you have to see it. But I just love that little moment between them. Um, 
So that's 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 my example. And there are other examples of those kind of just little gestures between a brother and a sister, or two brothers, uh, or two sisters. Wait, we had to pick a moment where they touch each other. Nope, not, <laughs> not at all. Uh, but I just love how he just reaches out and pushes him over, and Edward Furlong almost falls over. It's like half bullying, half "Hey, I love you, bro." Uh, it's yeah. just this little little great gesture like that. It doesn't work against grandmas as well. You don't want to do that. You got to be careful. You can't. You can uh, only that- do that to a sturdy younger brother. You just brought two Sturdy. things to mind. One that I considered before this, and then I realized they weren't really brothers, but I'll bring that up when we talk about uh, runners-up. Yeah, go ahead and bring it up now. <laughs> I want to mention another one. Another one uh, which I think of is uh, there's a there's a little short scene between Tobey Maguire and Christina Ricci in the ice storm where he's come home from college, and she's been messing around with his records. And they just have this great little brother-sister interaction where they talk, and it's they have their own kind of language they use with each other. Um well, I don't want to spoil. I know nobody picked Ice Storm, so I brought that up. Uh, what were you thinking of, Dingus? Were there not actually siblings? Um, I was thinking of Paradise Now because I thought they were brothers for some reason. And when he uh, wipes off his coat, I just, they, but they're not. They're just childhood friends, I think. They're they're brothers in Islam. Yeah, very well done. <laughs> um, Kelly Wan, do you have one to add? <laughs> of what? <laughs> A sibling? Yeah, touching each other. Oh. I'm going to be Have sorry. I asked you. Yes, you're going to be so sorry. Dingus, what is your number two pick? Give us a line from your number two pick for movie siblings. All right, here's the line. Just because she likes the same bizarro crap you do doesn't mean she's your soulmate. That's not true, usually. What's the question? <laughs> I don't think I've seen this. No. I think you have. This is a movie I hate. I absolutely hate. Uh, but I love this sibling. Um, and this is the first time I've, I saw this actress. This is uh, uh, when Tom's relationship with Summer ends. Uh, his sister, oh, Rachel, Lord. gives him uh, advice. Dingus. What? Ew. Wait. Oh. It's little Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Chloe Moritz. Why is he promoting that movie? This is 500 Days of Summer. I don't – I hate this movie. <laughs> well, here, but I yeah, love Chloe he, Grace Moritz in it. I right, love I her. Think, so go ahead, explain the scene because I'm going to tell you why you're wrong, Dingus. Go ahead and explain the no, scene. No, you had to, I, I just love that I, I love right. her character. Right. I love that. I mean, it's a ridiculous thing that she's doing that right. she's able to give him advice at this level. Yep. Uh, but I love the I love her yeah. as a sibling. I and I and I also I, I had such a bad taste in my mouth after seeing Carrie uh, <laughs> a couple weeks ago. That uh, that thinking That's about a her day, said. in. Uh, uh, in 500 Days of Summer, made me happy. So, so Dingus, here's why you're wrong about that. It is an awesome moment, but it's completely lifted wholesale from Bottle Rocket, where Luke Wilson has the stuff with his little sister, who's really yeah, precocious. Yeah, it is, and he gives but I'm not choosing Wes Anderson stuff. So then you're going to go to 500 Days of Summer. That's your way of bitching Wes Anderson. And wow. All right. That's a victory, I guess. That's Ender's Game style winning. That's almost a Kobayashi move huh. there. Well, yeah, indeed. He certainly knows he's a thoroughbred. When Kelly Wan, what is your number two no, pick? No, wait. I want to hear more what you have to say why that's wrong. No, I'm just saying, I mean, it's a great moment, but it's the same It's the same shtick that Wes Anderson did so well in, in Bottle Rocket with Luke Wilson and his little sister, who he's, who he's going to to get advice. Take his old credit in the list because he arbitrarily made a rule. <laughs> Ergo... All right, I'm sorry. Please continue, Tom. <laughs> well, that would be like uh, – <laughs> It seems like Dingus has already lost this argument, but continue. Yeah. <laughs> Don't need to continue, but no, – Kelly, let's continue with your you number two pick for a favorite movie sibling. 
Oh, by the way, it was yeah. Kim Richards was Tia, and the kid, the boy child's name was Ike Eisenman. Yeah. Uh, Kim Richards, what did she grow up to do? I thought she was in that movie with James Spader where he uh, attacks a gang of bullies. Then, I don't know that movie, but I like the sound of it. It was called, like, The Hot Rod or something, or The Hot Stuff. Uh, okay, I like it less. Anyway, Ike Eisenman was in a movie called... He played uh, Sheriff... <laughs> this episode of Kelly Wand reading IMDb brought Wait, you by... Well, then I started... I wanted to know what the James Spader movie was called. It seemed more important. But played episode of listen, listening to Kelly Wand's keyboard. Sheriff Antony in Race to Witch Mountain. And wait, Tom, this is more for you. They have a race to which, so first they escape there, and then they race there. Yeah. Why are they racing there? Is it like a competition? But he's not playing the same character. It's like Cannonball Run. There's no rules, except we take the best of the best. So also, first they escape there, and then they ra- Are there different people racing there? Like, what's escape? the time limit? Is there a time limit here? Is it like a 24-hour race? No, it just keeps going forever. All right. And then this is your number two favorite sibling in a movie. Is he was in the Blair Witch Mountain Project? That's not a <laughs> two. Blair Witch Mountain Project. Okay. Uh, my number two is the movie. Uh, I'll do a quote from it. Huh? Oh, Daddy Devito, it's my brother. <laughs> Tonight is your night, bro. Tonight is your night, bro. So it's from the movie Twins. Uh-huh. Where uh, they dance, and then... and I understand that the, the casting of this movie is an unlikely pair of twins. Kelly, why don't you tell us who the twins are? It's uh, Sylvester Stallone mm-hmm. and, and the little Mexican Hobbit from Ender's Game. Yeah. And they wind up fighting spies, um, and then they open a detective agency with their girlfriends. All right, Kelly, Wan going for the low-hanging fruit of Ivan Reitman's twins. Hey, that's... never thought it would happen. Wait, uh, that's Danny DeVito can't help it. That. My number two favorite uh, example of twins is uh, in this movie. Uh, not even, actually, they are twins. I didn't. They ha- they're siblings, but they happen to be twins. Uh, this movie is a twin as a worst case example of yourself. Uh, and Charlie Kaufman uses it as a vehicle to deconstruct himself in the movie adaptation, which is itself a deconstruction of the process of adapting a novel. Uh, and what I love about the brothers here, Charlie and Donald Kaufman, is they they represent this this uh, split personality, this sort of split perception he has of himself, where he can either be a neurotic genius or a self assured idiot. Like those are the two <laughs> aspects of his personality. Uh, and Donald represents one. Uh, Nicholas Cage playing Charlie Kaufman represents the other. Like uh-huh. me and Kelly Wand. Except, yeah. um, except the, the, the physical resemblance isn't quite there. Yeah, you guys don't quite have the wig going. I have one that goes off to the side a little. <laughs> Kelly, one. What's your genre? Uh, <laughs> master. I'm Davis, what is your number one favorite sibling in a movie? Who, or, or siblings? They can be a pair. Here's or a quote sibling. from it. Yes, I like you. I'll kill you last. Uh, see, I almost mentioned that as that's just, a good one. It's just little uh, adorable touches between the two characters. Yeah, yeah. All right. damn, that's a good one. Fuck, Dingus That's uh, pretty good. So that's Tyler, played by Rebecca Griffiths, and that's the sibling of who? Of Katie Jarvis. Oh, 
Kate Jarvis. Both of whom, by the way, Genghis, because I, I check this every now and then, I don't think either of them has done another movie. I think I think Mia, I mean, sorry, Katie, I think Katie Jarvis is in another movie right now, isn't oh, she? good. I thought we talked about it, or you guys did, and I pretended to listen. Yeah, last I checked, I don't think that either of those actresses has done anything else. I'd love to be wrong, because they're both adorable, uh, and they both mm-hmm. have a great rapport. They felt like sisters. Yeah. That's what's good about them. <laughs> Back to Dingus explaining that. <laughs> uh, no, it, I don't see anything. That's not that. dancing. Apparently she's she's got a role as photography studio crew in Your Sister's Sister. Katie Jarvis has a role in that. Sorry to bring up another sibling movie. I hope that doesn't ruin anything. Uh, but she does have that role. But I, I just love that little girl, and I love how... She's not just like a cute little button. Um, she actually has things to do, and she's important at the end. Uh, I just love that. I love the way she figures in the movie. I would like to apologize to the actress who played the little sister uh, for Dingus saying she's not a cute little button. I personally thought she was. I think she's cute. I just don't think she's only a button. She's no Chloe Moritz from Wicked anyway, Things. Her name is oh Rebecca Griffiths, and she's she's awesome. And it's just I just love. Uh, I love Fish Tank, and I wish we would watch it more often. And Kelly Wan, what do you have to top that as the number one movie siblings? See, it's like he does <laughs> 5,000 Days of Summer. It's only 500. Worst one ever. That. It's insufferable, Kelly Wan, but oh. it's not quite that well, I'm just, It's how long it felt. And then, uh, <laughs> but then he has the best one. It's like the best sisters. Not the Daniel Day-Lewis. I mean, Joseph Gordon. Hey, uh... Tia, uh, Kim Richards. She's yes, not only in the, found out from the internet, Kelly Wan. She's well, only in the top five thousand IMDb, which I guess is like the most hits. But she was in Black Snake Moan as Sandy. Oh, good. Okay, so she's working with Craig Brewer. So she's still, yeah. So I guess that's why she's in the top five thousand. Was because Black Snake Moan. Mm-hmm. Not interesting. My number one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do a line from it. <laughs> Basket case. Yep. Good work, Tom. <laughs> I didn't think you, I didn't think I was a good enough actor. To you just did with number one. You, you would have. You knew before I did a, a noise. So you, you sent you sent the MP3 in. So we we know it. We're, did we're, I? we're encoded to it. Wait, that was me though. I was acting. That's good. Yeah, but I think you. I think the MP3 has somehow grafted itself onto your soul. Anyway, they're both cool brothers. It's not just. That one of them's claymation. The other guy holds right. up his own. He feels like claymation. Of course. To the women he sleeps with. You couldn't do that with CG these days. No. Ender's game proves that. At the end, he finds out that his right. CG brother is also his non CG brother. What? I thought you were going to spoil Ender's game. How? <laughs> How is that possible? <laughs> By telling people to see it. Or is it Scott Card? Uh, my number one favorite siblings. Uh, I actually watched this just last night and meant to just look at scenes. Uh, I, I feel Peter in me whenever I fight. What? <laughs> I don't want to know what it's from. I just want to think Dingus just felt the need to say that for no reason. We don't need to know the reference, Tom. Please continue what you're saying. Uh, so this is a movie about how a brother and a sister know each other, siblings, uh, know each other better than anyone else. I love the relationship between the brother and the sister in this movie. Uh, but what, what I really love about this movie is there's nothing at all whatsoever saccharine about it. And part of the message of this movie is that even though you will know no one as well as a sibling, 
you know, your parents will die before you uh, at some point. Uh, people you meet later in life didn't know you as a child, but no one ever knows you longer than a sibling. And this movie is kind of about this. Um, but the, the point of the movie is kind of that your siblings can't always rescue you. And they can't change you and they can't keep you from being who you are, even if it's a problem, even if it's self-destructive. Um, so my, my favorite movie siblings are Mark Ruffalo and Laura Linney, and you can count on me. Um, Aww. Uh, I just love the acting in this. They're both so good with each other. And Kenneth Lonergan's writing in this is, is so just just sharp and incisive. And uh, what an amazing movie about brothers and sisters. Um, I watched this last night and then immediately thinking that it would also be one of my picks. Uh, I watched a movie called The Savages, which was directed and written by Tamara Jenkins um, with Laura Linney and Philip Seymour Hoffman, where they right. play a brother and a sister. Um and it, it can't hold a candle to You Can Count On Me. I really like The Savages, and it's another brother and sister relationship, a very different dynamic. They're dealing with a very different situation. Um, but my favorite ended up being You Can Count On Me. Um, that's, a great, really, that's a great, great choice. I love that. And I'm so bummed. Why is why He did that, and then he did Margaret. I guess he does a lot of stage plays, but why can't we get more movies from Kenneth Lonergan? So annoying. Because I think his, uh, his work uh, pace is... Long is a long arc. Well, hurry up! Yeah, I know. Tom, uh, yeah, I, I thought of you can count on me too. I mean, it's just su- such a beautiful relationship. I'm so glad you chose it. And even little Rory Culkin, holy cats! I forgot yeah. who he was. Yeah, there's some great moments with him and Mark Ruffalo. That's not brother and sister. That's uncle nephew stuff. But uh, and, and I'm really glad you brought up savages because I was wondering how those two would would match up against each other because I thought about you can count on me. Um, and I tried to, I actually went a little more quirky with my list, but I wondered about Savages if that would work out just because of Laura Linney. Uh, and uh, I had no idea that they didn't, that they didn't match up that way. No, I mean, the Savages is very good, of course, but, uh, it, there's a, there's a, uh, uh, I think Savages has a kind of autobiographical element going where, I, I get the sense more that it's about uh, Tamara Jenkins working out some stuff with her own family and uh, that there's more of this I'm going to pour out my heart, confessional kind of stuff, whereas You Can Count on Me is just such really sharply observed stuff about human nature. Like I don't feel like it's Kenneth Lonergan doing therapy for himself. I, maybe it is. I don't, I don't know what his background is. But Tamara Jenkins, The Savages, feels very much like it's sort of her own therapy. Uh, is to just yeah. tell this story, and that's not necessarily a, a drawback. It's it just kind of colors what you see there, and also uh, there's uh, just as characters, uh, Laura Linney and Philip Seymour Hoffman in The Savages are nowhere near as as likable and vulnerable. I mean, they're both kind of on guard and, and on edge. They lie to each other. Uh, they're they're not anywhere nearly as likable as they are in, as Mark Ruffalo and Laura Linney, and you can count on me. But what's amazing though. And I guess I just don't think of this that much. She's so different in both movies. Because yeah. watching Savages immediately after You Can Count on Me, I sort of was going and thinking, oh, it's just going to be Laura Linney being Laura Linney again. And she's not a chameleon or anything. I mean, you definitely know when you see her. But they're just such completely different kinds of characters that it made me think, you know, I really should watch Congo at some point. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the focus in You Can Count on Me is um, they're more their relationship, whereas Savages, there's... There's so many other spokes. Savages too is really bleak, just as far as yeah. dealing with a dying parent and and just the mystery of growing old and death and 
uh, and decrepitude and dementia. It's just such dark material. Whereas you can count on me with, uh, you know, adorable. You, the biggest problem is how adorable Roy Culkin is. And you got to pick him up after school. Even the, the, the conf- I'd forgotten about this. The confrontations that Laura Linney's character has with, uh, Matthew Broderick as the new <laughs> bank manager. They're just so, it, it's like, it's, it's kind of like, what if a woman had written Dilbert? Like it's, it's <laughs> and it's just really kind of cute and endearing. And, and Matthew Broderick is, uh, I don't know. Yeah, Dilbert priest. Well, <laughs> And the priest stuff, holy cats, the bit where (laughs) Kenneth Lonergan, playing the priest, by the way, has this amazing conversation with Mark Ruffalo about, do you believe you're important? Do you believe your life is important? What what a lovely little theological nugget to put in this movie. And it's not, ironically, it's not preachy. (laughs) It's just a great little theological observation. And to have a movie put it in the mouth of a Catholic priest, uh, I just so respect that he did that. That, that he had respect for religion in a way that most movies uh, don't have respect for religion. So he's very uh, gentle in the way he does that. Yeah, and freaking I, Margaret is so good. That gummit just uh, somebody throw lots of money at Kenneth Lonergan for Pete's sake. I don't, I don't think they would speed him up any. It's like Tom right. Harris with novels. I think he just takes his time. All right, Tom Harris. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did Dingus just bring the guy who wrote the Hannibal novels in? Yeah. <laughs> to compare does, with. Does he takes forever when he's writing novels. Yeah, but you could have gone Salinger, you could have gone Harper Lee. But Salinger, yeah. Tom Harris. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. Why did Hemingway put out something new? Uh, I, <laughs> Throw some more money at Hemingway. Uh, All right, let's listen to uh, some readers wrote in with their yes. favorite movie siblings. Uh, Paul Weimer writes, favorite movies. Oh, this is good. Oh, except wrong movie. Uh, he picks Thor and Loki in the movie Thor instead of the Avengers. Interesting. Uh, the brotherly, and I'm going to point this out. Paul didn't. The brotherly, in, in parentheses, adopted dynamic is most interesting thing in a movie crammed full of cosmic action. I'll give him that. Yeah. For Thor. They didn't seem like brothers to me. Adopted. Oh. Uh, his number two, um, oh, this is cute too. Oh, way to go, Paul. Uh, teenagers Elizabeth and Donnie played in real life, uh, played by real life siblings, Maggie and Jake Gyllenhaal, Donnie Darko. Ah, while they, number three then. While they do have another sibling, Samantha, played by Davy Chase, Davy Chase, uh, it's the Donnie and Elizabeth relationship that feels the most authentic, understandably so. Kelly Wan, I think you're going to be disappointed you didn't come up with this. Paul mentions Michael, Fredo, Fredo, and Sonny Corleone in The Godfather. Their family dynamics are central to the film. Kelly Wan, what's your problem? You didn't come up Wait, with that. He's choosing, he's choosing Fredo and Sonny? Or Connie? Oh, Connie he Paul? writes Michael, Fredo, and Oh, he chose oh, all three of them. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You need Connie, too. I mean, you know, I know three's dumb, but she's the fourth wheel. Is Sofia Coppola one of their siblings? Ugh. Well, if, if you're going to choose a relationship, it's Fredo and Michael, I think. Yeah, I mean, you broke my heart. Is the is the moment? What about Polly and Adrian? Is that Rocky? No. Ha <laughs> 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 ha. Jk. Wait, uh, what's Raging Bull's brother? Aren't they brothers in that? Yeah, it's you Raging have my Bull. Wife. Yeah. You have. That's you the best one. Isn't you have my wife, Kelly Wand. Oh. Hey. You have my wife. Did you? Uh, yeah. No. What? I'm not going to answer. Crazy. Fuck you. I'm not going to answer that. Kelly, want hit me in the face? 
Hit me in the face. I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> uh, that Tyler sense. writes uh, all three of his best movie siblings. He writes they just happen to all be brothers. Fair enough. His number three pick is Mufasa, uh, Mufasa and Scar in Lion King. Oh, wait a minute. Brother kills brother and then blames nephew for his death. Spoiler. Very uh, like uh, Hamlet. Uh, Number two, Tyler stole my pick from Adaptation, Charlie and Donald Kaufman. Wanting to help his brother Charlie, who is suffering from writer's block while trying to write his follow-up to being John Malkovich, Donald Kaufman reads Story by Robert McKee and soon has a hot script on his hands. (laughs) <laughs> it sounds like Tyler took the IMDb uh, plot synopsis from yeah. adaptation, <laughs> written by Nicholas Cage's brother's character. Uh, I don't. Is this one right? Oh, oh, I was thinking it was from Toy Story. No, uh, from Home Alone, Kevin and Buzz. Kelly Who's one Buzz. I don't know. Let's find out. Uh, Tyler writes: Two brothers whose hate for each other stems from their love of cheese pizza and tarantulas, and how they can never be on the same page about them. What? Also sounds like it's from IMDb. Buzz? Is that Joe? Are Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern brothers? That's what so I was it's like a brother war? They love tarantulas and cheese. Buzz. Brothers. I don't know. He's got to be the redheaded brother. Uh, Tyler, thanks us for the podcast uh, and says it helps Mondays go by quicker. So, hmm. Tyler, you're welcome. We hope your Monday is, is proceeding apace. Daylight savings time also. Fred and Lynn write... Number three, Blanche and Jane in Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Mmm, it's a good one. Don't know it? It's a grandpa movie. What? Oh, Whatever. Dumb. Dude, there's rats in it. I thought that was uh, your prerequisite for sibling. For old movies? Yeah. Powers changed you. So Whatever Happened to Baby Jane where James Cagney puts the grapefruit in the guy's in the woman's face? <sighs> that was Marlon Brando and it was Susan Sarandon's boobs. I don't believe a word you're <laughs> saying. That was uh, Atlantic City. Do replicants count as siblings? Do you like our owl? <laughs> Fred and Lynn, their number two pick is Thor and Loki in, and they did a twofer, this is fair enough, in both Thor and the Avengers. They write, even though Loki is adopted, in the eyes of the law, they are brothers. <laughs> the law? Norse law? <laughs> cosmic law. Oh, Okay. Uh, Fred and Lynn's We're all brothers by Cosmic Law, aren't we? Fred and Lynn's number one pick are George and Quato in the 1990 Total Recall, which no. makes us wonder, does Kelly Wand have a parasitic twin? Kelly Wand, do you have a response to that? I am your parasitic twin, Tom. Dave Perkins. Hey. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm okay with that. But only for the view. Not for the politics. So much. Since. That's why you're so good at video games, is because I'm in your pancreas. That's gross. What is the sound? What would the sound of you as my parasitic? That's, that's so disturbing. Come on. Dave Perkins writes, as is our want, and I think he's referring uh-huh. to his, his wife, Michelle, who is, I, I misremembered the word, it's dressage. It's not drusillage. There's no such word. I googled it. Drusillage does not exist. Dressage. Googling your drusillage is very natural at that age. <laughs> So Dave and Michelle write, as is our want, we added a rule. It should be important that the siblings are siblings, either to the plot or to their character development. Yeah. That, of course, applied to all of our picks, except for every single one of Kelly Wands. Mm-hmm. Well, I tried. That's what's important. Their number three pick. Oh, I like this, too. Uh, the Children in the Incredibles, whose, whose courage comes from loyalty to family. Sarah Powell. Mm-hmm. And uh, wait, did you say about the baby? Jack-Jack. 
Jack Jack. Ah, you knew his name. And the cape. <laughs> Why wouldn't you know his name? Send no home. force fields. <laughs> Where's my motherfucking super suit? Remember that guy? Uh, that was Mr. Freeze. No, Lawrence. That's not how he spoke. How dare you? Uh, oh, this is awesome, too, but it's not... Well, they don't list the source. I'm assuming they're talking about the Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock Holmes, but that's not a movie. Not a movie. It's they list Sherlock and Mycroft Holmes, who don't seem to like each other much, but help one another, another nevertheless. Is that in the Robert Downey Jr. movies, Kelly Wand? No. Mm. Yeah. Ah, Dingus knows. How embarrassing. No, we couldn't be bothered to see that thing where he doesn't put that thing near his face. Dingus, get that thing out of my face. Not in no, your... I will not be having a cold. Get what's you. in your... Wait, wait. Kelly Wand, Dingus and I are acting here. Can you let us finish the scene? I'm sorry. Okay, we're going to do take two. Dingus, get that gun out of my face. It's not in your face. What about what's his name? <laughs> Wait, what's Tom doing? I know Dingus is acting. <laughs> he screwed up the line. Dingus, you have to feed me my cue. You have to say, it's not in your face, it's in my hand, because my line is... Get I'm not going to feed you your line. It's face. in my hand. Oh, you got it. Okay, that's it. I can't work with you guys anymore. <laughs> it's not work to me. It's fun. Kelly Wand, let's, let's have you try the scene. Ready, Kelly Wand? Kelly Wand, get that gun out of my face. In your face is not in my hand. Right. Terrible. Now you guys try the scene with each other. Elementary. Go. Go ahead. Excelsior. Go ahead. Uh, get what's in Tom's hand out of his face. He doesn't like that anymore. He's changed since he got that chip. Bukaki. <laughs> wow. You guys are the worst. Uh, let's see. Dave and Michelle sure Perkins' number one pick. Uh, taking a page from the Kelly Wan notebook. Ah. The brothers and twins, for obvious reasons. Ah. <laughs> Adorable. See. People get me. Finally, Michael Ashley writes, three notable siblings in films, as follows in order of preference, a quote attending each. Mmm. The way it should be. It's like Genetically. I say, I can't wait. Number three, the quote is, why should he get to do whatever he wants whenever he wants? Why should everything work out for him? What makes him so goddamn special? Uh, that's a good one. Wow, you got it, Kelly Wand? Yeah. What is it? Ferris Bueller and... Uh... Dirty Dancing. Uh, Michael writes, Jeannie, played by Jennifer Grey, spends an entire day advising her brother Ferris and attempting to thwart his schemes. But in the end, thanks to a brief, she's trying to attempt to thwart his schemes. What is the schemes? Schedule? (laughs) She's scheming him? But in the end... Why are you making fun of the way Jennifer Grey talks? That was before she got the nose job. It's not cool, man. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, let's see. That's your joke. Thanks in part to a brief police station romance with a pubescent Charlie Sheen. Mm, in the also. end, she steps up and does what big sisters are supposed to do, protect their little brothers from assholes. And it's Ferris Bueller's day off. But it's really, he pl- Ferris Bueller planted Charlie Sheen in there. Never mind. I had no idea Charlie Sheen was in Ferris Bueller's day yeah, off. Yeah, he, he makes her in the... Police, Police station. Never I even thought that. she was the younger sister. She's the older sisters? All right. Dingus, let's see if you get this quote from Michael Ashley's she number two pick. The quote is, I've built my hatreds up over the years, little by little, Henry. To have you here gives me a second breath. I can't keep doing this on my own with these people. That's the Hobbit and all the Dwarves are brothers. <laughs> Henry's the king one, right? Uh, isn't that... Uh... There will be blood? No. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I, I didn't read the ellipses before. I can't keep doing this with these 
ellipses, dot, 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 people. That, that's the giveaway there. Uh, so Daniel Plainview, Michael Ashley writes, against all odds, oh, genuine oh, human bond with his half-brother, Henry. But he discovers that the man he has come to trust, to even hope to include as a partner in his business, is an imposter. His real brother, Henry, has long since died. Plainview's bitterness wells up years later when he tells his nemesis, Eli, who is a twin, you're not the chosen brother, Eli. You're just a fool. You're just the afterbirth. There will be blood. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Even though not technically a brother. Right. Uh, but Kevin J. O'Connor is so awesome in that part. Isn't that who? Isn't that his? Brother? I was going to say Walton Goggins. You're right, though, Dingus. Yeah, you're de- definitely right. I love that guy so much. Oh, that's a good one. I, li- I do like that. Even but though it's- there wasn't blood between them. It's true. Yeah. So we're going to have to invalidate that pick, Michael Ashley. Sorry. Uh, his number one pick, uh, so this is a spoiler, and uh, Michael writes that he defers to my judgment. So I'm going to read it without, oh, I kind of even hate to say the name of the movie. Uh, here's the quote. Vampire Strikes Back, come on. Oh, how'd you know, Dingus? The Vampire Strikes Back. The quote is, I have fought with myself over that night, one half of me swearing blind that I tied a simple slipknot, the other half convinced that I tied the Langford double. I can never know for sure. Strings attached. No strings attached. Dingus, do you have a guess? I haven't. I know this. I know it. Uh, you got to give me a... Oh, darn it. Farting with benefits. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Is it... Oh, 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 oh. Um, um, is it, get uh, it Prestige? Very good, yes. Oh, oh yes. That's a great one. Damn All it. Right, so I don't even want that. Yeah, I don't even want to tell the spoilers, but... Uh, oh, it's damn kind of a spoiler it. ...to just mention it. But wow. very nice, Michael Ashley. Oh, that's great perfect. Pick. That movie's like a sibling of The Illusionist. <laughs> yeah, the illusionist though. Well, okay. <laughs> oh no, no, that's a great one. Damn it, Kelly Wand. It's like Thank an adopted you. sibling. Oh, or the afterbirth. Yeah, there you go. Uh, surprise! Nobody mentioned Dead Ringers. Hmm. Famous well, there. You know, it's the same guy. It's not. Kelly Wand, why didn't you pick Hansel and Gretel? I was going to pick Army Hammer. From What's that? Armin, Army, Army Hammer. Yeah, the Winkle Monsters. (laughs) Poor guy. The Lone Ranger. Right. Yeah, the Lone Rangers. Uh, When you mentioned, um, uh, what was the uh, the thing that you mentioned, Tom? You play both brothers in the Lone Ranger too, because there's a brother too. Uh, Uh, Little Odessa made me think of Eastern Promises, but but Mm -hmm. not Eastern Promises. um, History of Violence. The- mm. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Oh, of course, because they're brothers. Yeah. Jeez, right. Mm. Oh, good call. Uh, nobody picked a Chinatown. Ah, certainly not. I mean, absolutely not. Right. <laughs> a Simple Plan. I love those brothers very much. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a movie called Brothers, and there's a movie called Sisters. The Brian De Palma with Marco Kiddo. There's a movie called The Family. Mm, I don't think there so. Is- yeah, it's a team. Hey, what about Shame? You should pick your favorite Fassbender brother. Ooh, oh. very good, Kelly Wand. Yeah. Uh, there's a show, uh, it's a it's a French TV show, so this is completely cheating, but if, if David Michelle Perkins can bring up the Cumberbatch Sherlock Holmes, I can bring this up. There's a French TV show that just started airing on the Sundance Channel. Uh, it's running through this month. It's an eight-episode uh, miniseries called The Returned, which is a terrible name because in French it's called Le Revenants. <laughs> and revenants, because it's about revenants. I get it. People who come back from the dead. Uh, and they do a really cool thing with 
so the premise, and this isn't giving anything away, the premise is it's a, it's a small town in the Alps or wherever, and what if people who had died over the previous years just started coming back, just started showing up? Um, and they do a really cool thing with twin sisters that I don't want to spoil uh, in, in this miniseries, which is currently running on the, the Sundance channel. Uh, other runners up from you guys. Uh, in a, a, this is I was very close on this. This is uh, uh, Chris Klein and Jessica Campbell in Election. I love this brother mm. and sister. Jessica, remind me about that. Well, I remember Chris Klein. Uh, well, they they both run for student council president, and uh, and she's like his lesbian sister, or she thinks he's les- she's oh, a lesbian. And if I'm elected, I won't do anything. Yes, exactly. And he's like, oh, that's fine. I mean, it's just this great, <laughs> weird dynamic. Uh, and I love the two of them so much. They're so great in it. If Michael Ashley can bring up The Prestige, I feel that I can bring up uh, Lone Star, John Sayles' movie. Ah, uh, right. Didn't see it, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's also The Game with Sean Penn and... Uh, uh, that movie I, about I, I hate that movie so much. I know, it's stupid. It's kind of oh, like... Oh, right, right, the David Fincher movie. It's the same plot as Ender's Game. <laughs> um, but minus the Ender part of the title. Oh, wait a minute, so if you want to talk about... <laughs> See what I did? Uh, if, if you want to have Sean Penn as a brother, how about Tree of Life? Ah! Ouch. Why did you go, ouch, what, dingus? Because I would remove him from that movie. What about Falcon and the Snowman? That's my favorite. Are they brothers? They're not brothers. Uh, my, uh, my two favorite brothers with, with <laughs> crazy weird names are the two brothers in Big Night. And they're named, uh, they're, they're named Primo and Secundo. So the, <laughs> That's a terrible thing to do. They're, they're like, it's named one and two. Which one was born first? Secundo. Uh, exactly. Oh. And it's Tony uh, Shalhoub and Stanley Tucci, and I love that movie so much. I haven't seen it since, uh, since Sundance, but but uh, but I love that movie and those two brothers. I just thought when we were talking about this, I just thought about the, the way they're named, Primo and Secundo, and how how could you do that to kids? I love the cloying swarm of sisters in Punch Drunk Love. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> also, Mila Kunis and uh, Rachel Weisz in Oz, the Great and Powerful, very. Oh, let's not forget Sister, Sister. See. Oh, um, oh wait. Oh. So that is... Uh, um, uh, Richard. Dingus. What are their names, Dingus? Whose names? The sisters and your sister's sister. Mark Duplass and the other one's Bicycle. Nope, no one? Okay, well, I'll look Do you mean the, the actress? Well, wait. You can't ask the Emily question. Blunt. I was going to say Emily Watson. Jesus. It's Emily Blunt. And uh, Rosemary DeWitt. Oh, I wouldn't mm-hmm. have gotten that. Mm-hmm. Why did you not get Rosemary DeWitt? I don't know, because w- w- which which one is in the um, in the uh, Rachel's wedding? Wait, Rachel gets married. Rosemary DeWitt is uh, uh, Rachel. All right. Rachel getting married, yeah. Oh, my God, the poster for your sister's sister is ridiculous. You guys check that out at some point. Here's the IMDb thing for your sister's sister. Iris invites her friend Jack to stay at her family's island getaway after the death of his brother. At the remote cabin, Jack's drunken encounter with Hannah, Iris' sister, kicks off a revealing stretch of days. <laughs> wow. Guess what's coming up after Wednesday? It. I don't know. That is quite a wrap-up. 
for the next 80 minutes of the movie. A revealing stretch of days. You could say about many movies. You could say they went a lot of detail for the setup. You could say that about looking at your iPhone. Went, eh, a bunch of shit happens. <laughs> you could say that about the happening. The happening features a revealing, revealing stretch, stretch of days. Of days. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard that turn of phrase before. That's really interesting. A revealing stretch of days. What's Jingus- that evoke? Bandages? What, what do you have for our 3x3 three three next week? Boobs. All right, this is inspired by a scene in this week's movie, Uh-oh. Ender's Game. Uh-oh, I don't like the sound of this already. <laughs> You're not going to like the sound of it all around. This is your favorite barfing. <laughs> Jeez, dingus. Seal up the bag. Oh, barfing. Okay, well, you know, that it could be you worse. anything off the table? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I already can I already know. I, I know what Kelly Wan knows. I can already tell what folks are going to write in. But you know what? It, maybe you'll surprise us. Send us your picks for your favorite barfing in, uh, at 3 by 3 at quarter to 3com That's the number 3, the letter X, the number 3, the little at sign. And you have to spell out quarter to 3com We would love to read your picks on the air. Uh, so we're going to do Thor. Is that right? Woohoo! What's Thor the, and Barf, the perfect what, combination. What's the whole name of the movie? Is it Dark World? Captain America's Winter Soldier. I get these confused. Mm-hmm. So, so I think it's the is Thor the Dark World. Did I get that right, Dingus? Yeah, I have no idea. What? Let's do it. Thor the Dark World. Thor the Dark World. Well, don't see there. Yeah, we don't want to get it wrong. If, it's, if that's not the Thor that opens next week, if that's some little animated cartoon or whatever, don't watch that because that's not what we're Thor talking about. World. We're talking about the big AAA budget, you know, the yeah. thing with Chris, or Liam, with Chris Hemsworth. Uh, called Thor, whatever that is. Um, <laughs> Thor, Colin. You thought Loki whatever was that is. hard to beat the last two times. <laughs> I Little they, brother. I don't, I don't know anything about it, but I'm just going to make a prediction. Yeah. I predict that they team up. I don't, know, I don't know. We'll find out. But maybe it's an uneasy alliance, and they don't quite trust each other. But they learn to love each other by the time it's over, right? Well, I predict... Loki does something deceptive, but Ooh. Thor... I didn't see that coming, Kelly Wan. ...has a hammer, and he like uses the hammer to mend the relationship. Well, hey, Kelly Wan, I predict in this movie that there will be a revealing stretch of days. <laughs> I predict that doesn't happen. Oh, interesting. Well, we'll have to find out next week, won't we, Kelly Wan? It stretches, and nothing is revealed, and it's all at night, because it's Dark World. Well, <laughs> I like the sound of that. Uh, join us then for next week's podcast uh, with Thor and our favorite instances of barfing in movies. Yes. I am Tom Chick. I have been joined by Christian Malinsky. It's Christian Morosky. And Kelly Wand. Exorcist's not barf, though, because it's green. Um, I'm no doctor, but... Oh, wait, I am a doctor. Since Scott Card's going to flame you, flam that. Is it really more than sex? I mean, I'm not a diplomat. Dingus, are you? <laughs> uh, I will deal with the shame of this genocide forever. Mm. Okay, I can live with that. We can't.